Well, good morning. I hope you're doing well. Um, we're getting stuck into the next instalment of our journey through the book of Acts today. We're looking at Acts chapter 27 and this origin story of the Christian church. Where did we come from? Um, what were those first couple of decades like? What was it like to be a Christian in the early, early days? Today we're going to look at the story of Paul in a storm, in a ship, um, where people really lost hope, um, but Paul didn't. So we could sum it up. You could sum it up in the words of that old kid song. With Jesus in the boat, you can smile at the storm as we go sailing home. In Welsh, Gyda Yesi yn y cwch, gallwn wenu ar y storm, wrth hoelio adren llon, something like that. Um, with Jesus in the boat, we can smile at the storm. It seems to me that that's what Paul was doing. It's a terrifying story. As you're, um, well, as we're working through this, you could have a map in front of you, you could have a Bible in front of you, and hopefully in your ears, ringing in your ears, needs to be the sound of waves crashing, of winds howling. Of, um, of people yelling and shouting and people at the end of their tether, of people being sick over the side, not being able to eat for days, a terrifying storm that blotted out the sun and the stars so they could barely work out if it was day or night. Really terrifying storm. And Paul stands in it, trusting in God. And that's what we need to do. If you can only concentrate for a couple of minutes. Well, that's really the message today. Our lives are stormy, aren't they? There's all sorts of hazards and struggles and difficulties that we face. But God is with us through them and he promises to bring us through them, especially through the great storm of death, through and every storm. He promises to be with us, to feed us, to help us, to give us courage, to give us wisdom, to give us company and people to get through those storms with us, ultimately to go through the storm of death and out the other side into the sunshine of life with him. With Jesus in the boat, you can smile at the storm. So let's go to Acts 27 and we'll pray and then we'll read a little bit of the story and go back and forth unpacking it as we go. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you were with Paul, that you promised to keep him safe, that you did keep him safe. And Lord, that you promised to do the same with us as well. Lord, we know this promise isn't quite the same for us, um, that we know sometimes the storms of life do seem to catch us and drag us and um, lead us into dark places. And yet, Lord, you promise to keep us, to never leave us or forsake us, and to take us through death and out the other side into resurrection life. Lord, help us to fix our eyes on you today. Help us to um, recognise the storms that are around us. Help us to look to you and the promises that you've made. And Lord, as we do that, we pray that you'd help us to look around us, to see who is with us, to see the wits and skills and wisdom that you've given us, that we might help others through the storms of this life that you've given to us. Lord, would you be with us and help us, we pray. Amen. Okay, Acts 27. We're going to start reading from verse 13, but let me set the scene. Um, Paul's been on a journey towards Rome. He's been on there for a long time. It's one of his great ambitions. One of the things actually that God promised to him was that he would go and speak the word, the good news of Jesus, in front of kings. So Paul's ambition has been to go to Rome, and actually after Rome, to go on to Spain to preach the gospel to people who'd never heard it before. But for the moment, his ambition is to go to Rome, to speak to Caesar, to maybe get a chance to share with the great king this news about the king of kings. And finally, he's on his way. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, Paul gets on a boat, but it's tough going. If you have chapter 27 open there, you just can glance down and see they put out to sea, but it was difficult going. They put out to sea, but it was slow headway. The winds were against them. Much time had been lost. It had become dangerous because it's about October time, after the Day of Atonement, the fast uh, in October. Winter is coming and it's not a good time to be sailing in these days out on the Mediterranean Sea. We might have in our minds 
the tragedy that's happened in the last few days on the Mediterranean Sea between Greece, between Italy, not far from where Paul was sailing. Tragedy of hundreds of people packed on a boat that has sunk. And some have been saved, but many have been lost. And we have those kind of stories in the news. Perhaps we have those kind of stories in our own lives, stories of storms and of tragedies, of unspeakable darkness. And we might wonder, where is God in all of that? That's a good and it's a, it's a fair question to ask. Why is the world like it is? If there really is a God of love, why are there shipwrecks? Why is there darkness? Why is there sadness? Well, let's read the story and see if God begins to answer that question, at least in part, for us today. We'll read from verse 13. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they harboured in Crete. They reckon they can sneak away towards Italy just before winter. And so they go. A fair wind begins to, to blow. They weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force swept down from the island, called the Northeaster. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee, that's the uh, quiet side, kind of away from the wind, of a small island called Cauda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure, so the men hoisted it on board. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together, because they were afraid that they would run aground on the sandbars of Certus. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. It's a grain ship, this one. They're heading towards Italy to deliver food, and they're beginning to throw it all overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard, ropes uh, and equipment, all those kind of things. They threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands, beginning to give up hope. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. I wonder if you've been in a situation like that. For Paul, he might have felt like that before. The storms that he encountered in crowds that wanted to kill him in um, authorities, religious and civil authorities, who wanted to see him dead, who dragged him before kings and princes and rulers. And it must have, must have been pretty nerve-wracking. But now it's the forces of nature that seem against him. I wonder if you've had an experience like this. Well, to be honest, we all have. If you've been living over the last couple of years through COVID, we had plans. We wanted to go on holiday. We wanted to um, move house. We wanted to get that job. We wanted to do this or do that. And then all of a sudden, everything shut down. The powers of nature the, herself seemed to be against us. And we stopped. We were shut inside. We were left afraid, often, for months and months at a time. Even nature seemed to be against us. I wonder if you've suffered that in your own body, had plans for the future, and then you had that diagnosis. I wonder if you found that um, with fertility, maybe. There's people who I know and love who've been through the hopes and dreams and plans of getting married and having children, and then all of a sudden, there are no children. And month after month, there are no children. It seems your, your own body is against you. I wonder if you've been in situations like that, where life just feels like a storm, and it, it doesn't seem like anybody's fault. It's just that the world, the ground under our feet, is bearing thorns and thistles. Life just seems hard, because we live in a hard, hard world. Well, Paul's facing that kind of struggle, and all these people are facing that kind of struggle, and they, they're losing hope. Everything that usually gives them a feeling of security, everything that usually gives them a feeling of control, you know, the tackle, the ropes, and the um, equipment that they use to navigate the seas, suddenly it's useless, and so they throw it overboard. The food that they have, the health that they've got, the, 
Um, the hopes that they have for the future, everything they're resting their security in, they throw it overboard. And they, they finally give up all hope of being saved. They've done everything they can. Skilled, skilled sailors, brave soldiers, hopeful merchants, and people heading to Rome to the great big city where all your dreams would come true. But everything is against them and they've lost hope once and for all. I wonder if you've been in that situation where the storms of life have sunk all of your securities. Those are the first two parts of the story. The great big storm pulls right in the middle of it. And all of our security seems completely trashed. Our health is gone. Our money's gone. Our people that we usually rely on are gone. Our technology just doesn't seem to do the job anymore. I wonder if you've ever come to the end of yourself and realised that there's no hope except to, to lift your eyes up to heaven and to pray. Well, let's carry on reading. After they'd gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men from Crete, sorry, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. You see, Paul had seen it in advance. Maybe just read the weather a bit better than others, but they hadn't trusted him. They'd gone with the ship's captain. They'd gone with the expert sailors, hadn't bothered listening to Paul, which is probably fair enough. He was just a tent maker. But now he says, look, you should have listened to me. I've been praying about this. And um, if you had listened, we would have spared yourself all this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. Take courage, hold fast, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. How does he know that? Well, last night, an angel of God, the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. Don't be afraid. You must stand trial before Caesar. You see, he's going to do it. What he'd hoped to do, what God had said he would do, he's going to do. You're going to stand before Caesar and share the good news with him. So don't be afraid. It's going to happen. You're going to get to Rome. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Three encouragements. Don't be afraid, says the angel. You're going to get to that destination in the end and everybody else is going to come with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. It's going to be a hard road, but God is going to get us through it. What's he resting in? What is Paul's security? Well, after they've thrown out all their food, all their money, all their equipment, all their hopes, Paul's got one hope left. He looks up to heaven and heaven comes down to earth in the form of this angel and says, don't be afraid. It's going to be okay in the end. His security are in the promises of God. He says a similar thing a bit later on, down in verse 34. We'll read this all in a second, but in verse 34, he says to the people, not a single hair from your head is going to be lost. Now that echoes something Jesus had said that I'm sure the disciples would have told Paul and, um, and probably was kind of a widespread saying among the Christians at this time. Jesus had promised them that they would stand before kings and that he would give them words to say. It's back in Luke 21, uh, 18, this verse goes, you'll stand before kings, everyone is going to turn against you, but not a hair from your head will perish. Luke 21, 18, not a hair from your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. Or even earlier in Luke, right back in chapter 12 and verse 6, Jesus said to people who were really worrying, he said, aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Little birds don't seem worth much, but God knows all of them by name. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid, you're worth more than many sparrows. So Jesus is often saying this, not a single one of the hairs on your head. It's a kind of a way of saying God has got your back. 
He's going to keep you and help you and save you. But sometimes people don't come through shipwrecks. We've seen that tragically on the news this week. In fact, all of these apostles eventually were killed. There's only one of them who survived. His name was John. And he died of old age in prison. In prison for bearing witness to Jesus. So how can it be true that not one of not one of the hairs of your head is going to fall? How can that be true, Jesus? Well, it's true because, because of what this story reminds us of. It's got echoes in it. I wonder if you've I've heard them already. It's echoes of other stories of people going through storms. The first is an echo of Jonah. Um, Jonah was a man who was called by God to go to far, far away people and tell them about Jesus. And then he went on a boat. But he didn't go on a boat to those people. He went away. In fact, he's actually going in the same direction. He went towards Spain, to Tarshish. And a great storm blows and he gets thrown overboard, eaten by a fish. And eventually does go and teach the far, far away people about, about God. But he's pretty reluctant. So Paul is the opposite of that, isn't he? We've got echoes of the story of Jonah, but Paul's story is kind of different. Paul is obedient to God. He's going to the far, far away people because God's called him to. And he doesn't get thrown into the sea and half drowned and swallowed by a fish. He gets welcomed, well, rescued through the sea and eventually gets to the far, far away people and they hear about Jesus through him. So there's echoes of Jonah. It's kind of a little bit of a different story. It goes well in the end, unlike Jonah. But it also echoes another prophet, another teacher, another person who'd be sent by God into the, into the heart of the darkest storm that there is, into the heart of death, and he wouldn't be rescued. At least not for the first three days. He would go into the heart of the storm where you couldn't see the light of the sun anymore, where everything would be crashing down on him, where all he would have is the promises of God that one day he would be brought through those storms. But but the storm of death closed around him. He screamed out in the end, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was sunk deep under the waves of death. But then three days later, three days later, that grave, that sea, death gave up the body of the Lord Jesus. And he rose again through the storm into the sunshine, out onto the soft sands of a new country, of a new world. He'd won salvation through the greatest storm that this life has for us, that's death. Do you see this story echoes Jesus? Paul's whole life, in fact, every Christian's life will echo Jesus' life. He's been working his way towards Jerusalem where he was tried in an unfair trial, just like Jesus worked his way towards Jerusalem and was tried in front of Romans, in front of Jewish leaders. And eventually Jesus was put to death. Paul was rescued, but then he's sort of put to death through the storm, isn't he? He kind of goes into the darkness and then comes out the other side into, into life into the sunshine, through the storm. Do you see, can you hear echoes of Jesus' story? So Paul can be confident. He can be confident that he's going to be brought through this storm because of what the angel said to him. But he can be confident, and you can be confident, that you'll be brought through the storm of death without a single hair on your head being lost. You'll be brought through, if you're trusting Jesus, if you're in him, if you're with him, you'll be brought through the storm of Jesus. Just like the angel said to Paul, God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Well, God has graciously, graciously given to Jesus the lives of all who sail with him, who sail through death and will one day sail out the other side into a new country, into a new creation, into life of physical bodies with hair. Maybe you've lost all the hair on your head already. Well, it'll all be back and your body will be back as it was meant to be 
better than it ever has been. And you'll see Jesus face to face and it'll all have been worth it. You'll be able to say it was true, those promises he made. Those promises where he said not a hair would fall from our heads, they're true. We're here, alive, right, bright in our right minds, clothed with immortality, seeing each other, embracing, cutching, drinking, eating at the feast in the kingdom of God. This is the promise that Jesus has given to us, that every storm of life will just be temporary. It might feel like it'll last forever, but one day you'll be through it and out the other side. But also, he'll look after you in that storm. Even in the storms of this life, there's no need to worry. You're worth and, and way more. You're worth more than, than sparrows. You're his little children. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. He's promised, another one of his promises, that he would never leave us or forsake us. So they carry on their journey, thrashed, driven here and there by the storm. The sailors are so terrified, they try and escape on the boat. That's down in, um, in verse 31. But Paul says, no, unless they stay on the ship, we'll all die. And so the soldiers cut the ropes um, and they can't escape. And they're all together being driven towards an island. And slowly but surely, they're getting towards being shipwrecked on a beach. And Paul stands up and with great courage, just imagine what it would be like. The wind in your ears, the spray in your face. People haven't eaten for days. And Paul stands up, verse 33, and says... For the last 14 days, you've been in constant suspense and have gone without food, seasick, nervous, feel like they're going to die. Nobody's been eating. It's been horrendous. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. And they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they'd eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they didn't recognise the land, but they make their way towards the sandy beach, driven against it. Some swim, some jump in with the help of woods and with the help of bits of wood, and eventually rest 44. The rest were to go on planks or on other pieces of the ship. And in this way, everyone reached the land safely. And it's true. What the angel said, what God promised, they're through the storm. But did you see what happened in the storm? In the storm, Paul lays a table, probably metaphorically, I don't know if anything would stand on a table in a storm, but you know what I mean. Paul sets a meal, breaks bread and feeds the people. Doesn't that just sound like what Jesus does? Do you remember Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me, he leads me with his shepherd's crook through the darkest valley I'll trust him, he'll be with me even through the valley of the shadow of death. And then it says at the end of Psalm 23, you lay a table for me in the midst of my enemies. That's what's happening here. Paul is being a little Christ, laying a table, coming, saying to people, come on, have courage, don't be afraid. Let me give you what you need to give you some physical, real strength that'll nourish your heart. We need the spiritual strength that comes from knowing that we'll go th even through death and out the other side. And also God gives us physical strength day by day. He gives us our daily bread. He gives us brothers and sisters to our left, to our right, to say, come on, we can make it. We'll do it together. He gives you what you need for today's trial. So trust him. Will you look to him and ask him for that? Would you be a leader like Paul who mixes real spirituality with real sanity? He knows what to do in tight situations. Would you be a, a leader like Paul who mixes faith with works, who says, come on, let's pray and rest on God's promises. And then come on, let's eat and have some strength for the journey. 
I wonder if you will be somebody like that, who, who has real personal trust in God, but who's public about it and takes other people with you, taking them to the throne of Jesus, where we'll find help in time of need, practical help, daily bread, to get through every trial and spiritual, final salvation help to get us even through death and out the other side. So there's this great hymn I've quoted a few times before where um, a guy who knew what it was like to go through storms, John Newton and his friend William Cowper, they wrote this great hymn and part of it goes like this. You fearful saints, fresh courage take. Those clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and will break with blessings on your head. Those dark clouds of your life at the moment, even if they seem seem like you were wrapped up in the thorns of nature itself. Like, how are you going to get out of this storm? Well, Jesus knows the way. Would you put your hand in his? Would you let him serve you and give you what you need, your daily bread, whatever skills and wisdom you need to face that diagnosis, to face that big decision, to face that great sorrow in your life? Would you put your hand in his and let him lead you through it? Would you let him feed you in it and give you hope that whatever it holds, even if it takes you through death, that you'll be going through it with him and that not a hair on your head will be touched. So you see, there really is hope in suffering. We don't know all the reasons why God lets things happen to us and to others. It's good not to jump to conclusions and say, I reckon it's because of this or it's because of that. It's better just to be silent and to say, I don't know why it's happened, but I know a God who loves us. I know a God who suffered with us And I know a God who's strong enough to take us by the hand and lead us through every dark storm. I wonder if you trust him. I wonder if you have that hope. I wonder if you've abandoned every other security that there is. Because they'll all let you down. All of them, apart from the Lord Jesus himself. Put your hand in his and let him carry you through this week and next week and every week until he carries you through death into his kingdom. Come on, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for the hope that this chapter gives us, that Paul had that great mission to take the good news to Rome. Lord, give us ambitions like that, we pray, to take the good news to our neighbours and to the other side of the world. And Lord, as we walk with you, we pray that you would walk with us as you promised to do, as the good shepherd, as the great captain of the ship, as the one who provides even in the storm for us. Lord, help us. Give us the faith, we pray, to, to hold your hand through everything. We ask that you would make yourself known to us in everything, you provide for us and Lord that you would go with us and lead us through everything until we see you face to face. Lord give us that security we pray that we find in you. Help us through every storm and um, yeah Lord we just ask that you would be with us. Um, Give us that supper that we need, that daily bread that we need to trust you and to walk with you and to make it through as you promised that we will. Amen.